This episode is sponsored by Rome Fitness. Rome Fitness is an airside gym and wellness center company. It serves passengers as well as airport and airline employees and is accessed with a day pass or annual membership. Rome's facilities include cardio equipment, free weights, and a dedicated stretching space. Access to the gym includes rental workout gear from Lululemon and reservable private shower rooms complete with towel service and premium toiletries. Rome members can then return to work or board the next flight, but mostly they can feel happy, healthy, and productive. With hundreds of national media stories reporting on its innovation and unique ability to improve the passenger experience, having a Rome Fitness Center in your airport means that you too can be a vanguard in the emerging travel and wellness industry. And you know what? Garner the positive PR that comes with it. By providing wellness accessibility, Rome lowers stress levels, captures new revenue, and fosters airport preference for the most frequent of flyers. Invest in your airport's physical health and emotional well-being. Email info at romefitness.com today. Welcome to the Airport Experience News Podcast. I'm Ramon Lowe, the publisher of AXN and the host of this pod. If you have not done so already, and I can't think of a reason why, register for the upcoming Airport Experience Conference. Folks, this is the can't-miss event of 2020, and we're only in the first quarter. If you are doing business in this industry, or if you would like to do business in this industry, then you need to be here networking with the decision makers in this industry. The conference takes place at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center in Denver, Colorado from March 1st to the 4th. To register, reserve your booth, review the agenda, or take advantage of uh, one of our handful of sponsorships, go to conference.airportxnews.com. Well, this is episode 87, and here I chat with Florence Brown of Philadelphia International Airport. Now, Flo is the Director of Communications, and she's a relative newbie at both airports and Philadelphia. And let me just say that I love chatting with folks who are just entering our space, not because it can be a bit amusing to hear how they're surprised at how massive and complex our industry is, but because they tend to bring really a fresh and unique perspective, and I love that. Anyway, I wanted Flo to be able to share her background, how she came to the airport world, as well as her efforts in really communicating and positioning PHL. So here is my conversation with Florence Brown. I'm here with Florence Brown, the Director of Communications for Philadelphia International Airport. Flo, thanks for taking the time to speak with me. And thank you so much for having me on the pod, Manong Ramon. <laughs> thank you so much for that. That is, Manong, that's a form of respect and endearment, by the way, in the Filipino culture. But thank you so much. Just a little bit of background. Um, well, before we get into your background, I wanted to have you on because you and I had, and I don't think we discussed this in the pre-pre-meeting to the podcast recording, but I think you and I started developing a relationship, I think it started on Twitter, which sounds kind of sketchy but you know obviously your work with philly and i'm i obviously follow uh philadelphia on um on twitter and i think we liked and connected and then eventually moved into this space correct isn't that isn't the backstory in fact that's how i've actually met a lot of people in the aviation (laughs) community is through twitter and it's often just you know the funny casual personal stuff and in our case i believe it was something like i posted a filipino meme and then suddenly it opened up the door to the fact that we have a shared cultural background Yes, that's right. And then also, wait, you work at Philadelphia International? Okay. And then it kind of, it went from there. So, hey, listen, I'll, I'll take it. Um, yeah, me too. One of, the re- one of the reasons out of many that I wanted to have you on, because I love um, talking to and inviting people on to the podcast to really, people who've come, who are, I guess, freshly minted into the airport family, right? So mm-hmm. we're going to get into your background and all that stuff. Actually, let's just get into that now. How did you find your way into airports? I started my career actually as a journalist in the San Francisco Bay Area. 
So, um, you know, the idea that 15 years later I'm here sitting in Philadelphia at the Philadelphia International Airport is just kind of crazy to me. But um, having begun as a journalist, I spent about three years uh, coding websites for the San Jose Mercury News and the Oakland Tribune. And the industry changed pretty rapidly in 2007 when the iPhone was introduced because suddenly there were bloggers and anyone who had a phone could produce multimedia. And the industry started, um, you know, changing, consolidating, laying off. And so I went to grad school. I knew I wanted to do public affairs in some respect. Um, I worked for a little bit in government. And then my family moved to Pennsylvania. So from there, I worked in healthcare for six years. I worked my way up from a digital marketing manager up to director of communications at Coordinated Health, which is a hospital network in the Lehigh Valley, Northeast uh, Pennsylvania. And suddenly this job opportunity came up at the Philadelphia International Airport, and it kind of merged all of my passions in the sense that it was a government job. So the city of Philadelphia owns the property of uh, Philadelphia International Airport. And um, it also merged my love for transportation, for um, government, for, for military. There's a lot of military community here. So I thought this was a really cool opportunity. I interviewed for literally six months. That's how long things take to move <laughs> in city government. Um, four in-person interviews, lots of lovely people that I got to meet before I even took the job, and it felt right. So that's how I ended up in this particular chair. So what are your thoughts on the industry now? Obviously, you might have had some preconceived notions then versus now, and maybe as and also as you travel now, um, how you see things as far as from one airport to the other. Absolutely. So, you know, as a passenger um, for the first part of my life, and only a passenger having no exposure to the aviation industry, um, the experience used to be purely functional and transactional. You show up at the airport, um, you know, pre-9-11, you just kind of breathe your way to the gate. Post-9-11, you have to go through the TSA. And so I really saw the experience as more austere, kind of almost unpleasant. And um, my home <laughs> airport, which is SFO, ended up um, kind of leading the pack in terms of creating a sense of luxury, innovation, hospitality. And so I was able to really watch the evolution of the industry through the lens of SFO. Um, and I didn't travel too often. You know, I, I um, had a few personal reasons why I did, but there was no reason for me to be seeing airports on a regular basis. Um, now that I work in the airport industry, I realized that, you know, we're really trying to create a sense of place, um, a sense of peace. And these are we're trying to do this in places that were not fundamentally uh, created to accomplish this task. You know, um, airport infrastructure is not the most sexy. So, you know, we have a really <laughs> big and important responsibility to, to instill that sense of um, creating more peace in the airport experience. Um, so how do, you know, we were really trying to grapple with how do we move away from that austere operations first mindset and what we're learning here at Philadelphia International Airport is really understanding what the guest experience means, how we connect that with our capital development work, and how we weave the guest experience into everything that we do here, which is something that we're focusing on really heavily this year, um, 2020, at Philadelphia. It's funny because um, you, you mentioned the word experience, and it used to be kind of just like lip service and marketing at one time, but I think uh, this industry um, is truly means it now. They're, they are really just paying attention to it, not paying attention, they're really implementing it and looking at every aspect and touch point um, during a, a traveler's journey. So that's why we changed, just to give you a little background, you know, we used to be airport revenue news, and then we changed it to airport experience news because, well, um, everything is an experience now. It, and it's not just limited to the food, which we're going to get into all the, the, the program changes there at, at Philly, but like 
um, not just the food and the retail, but really just the moment you hit the curb or you step off onto the curb and into the terminal and get through security. But that leads me, you know, th- there's a lot of exciting things going on there at Philly. And you're almost, I guess, coming in at the right time to kind of witness all of it, right? I am a newbie to not only um, Philadelphia International Airport, but also the city of Philadelphia. So Mm -hmm. coming into the city during this time in general has been exciting, but certainly at the airport in particular. And that's because in addition to a really significant level of hiring new folks from outside and inside of the industry, um, we also this year stood up a guest experience department. And to your point about the difference um, or the transition that revenue is taking to um, focus more on experience, um, Jim Tyrell, our uh, chief revenue officer here at Philadelphia, mm-hmm. has really taken in this guest experience approach um, seriously, and in doing so, has hired two new really important leaders, our director of guest experience, who is Leah Douglas, and our assistant director of guest experience, Liz Moselle. And so those two have really been leading the charge in terms of setting priorities, um, understanding where to focus our energy, and then helping other departments like myself in communications to really weave the guest experience promise into the way that we message to our passengers. So um, I've got a chance to see not only the airport um, team evolve, but also the airport itself. And so um, so one of the things that I'm really excited to see here at Philadelphia is how luxurious our lounge experiences. Yes. So um, we're excited to announce that this summer, American Airlines will be opening, opening up a new flagship lounge, which is really thrilling because there aren't that many of them in the world. And we're um, so pleased that they chose us to be the home of one of them. Um, Second, we also have a Centurion Lounge, which is extremely popular, but uh, part of the reason why we find that experience to be so luxurious is the fact that the food there is actually the same food you can get at Zahav, which was the restaurant that won the James Beard Award for Outstanding Restaurant, and the uh, menu there is actually curated by Michael Solomonov, who won that award. Wow. Wow. It's impressive. This is what I'm talking about. Like you're you're starting to see, even just in in your brief period, the evo- and continued rise in in the whole experience there. Yeah, absolutely. And part of the reason why it's so exciting to have um, Michael Solomonov's curated uh, menu here at one of our lounges is the fact that we're really trying to bring in that sense of place for the yes. city of Philadelphia into our terminal experience. And so one of the other restaurants that's pioneering that concept is Bud in Maryland. Yes. So they're um, mm-hmm. kind of a retro American restaurant that um, is actually located in the city and is super popular. So one of the ways that they were able to bring that um, really immersive Philadelphia experience into our terminals was they used the same design team that designs their actual restaurant in the city. Um, they brought them in, they curated everything down to the upholstery on their furniture, um, to the woodwork, to the um, signage. Everything about it was really tastefully curated, mm-hmm. um, and it makes you really feel like you're stepping into a 1970s diner. Um, <laughs> that's really the, the vibe of their restaurant. Um, more importantly, they also brought in this awesome collaboration with Yards Brewery, which is also a Philly-based business here in the uh, Philadelphia airport. And so Yards and Bud Maryland partnered on their cheese curds. And I know cheese curds are not the most Philly thing in the world, but <laughs> no. they did actually know. But they did bring in um, this combination of the Yards uh, 
Yard Buds Best Pale Ale to do the beer batter for the cheese curds. So really just kind of blending two different great businesses into one amazing product, something that I eat on the regular. <laughs> um, also, we have Black Loam Coffee um, in at least three terminals. We also have cheese sticks in every terminal, which is kind of what Philadelphia is known for. And really the purpose of kind of talking about all these different Philly-based restaurants is that in the process of bringing in these restaurants and businesses, we actually thought about the experience of um, what it means to step into those places. And so it wasn't about slapping on a, a piece of signage on the front of a mm -hmm. building or in front of a storefront. It was about saying, how does every detail inside of that space communicate Philly and um, create these Instagram worthy moments yes. um, that you can then share and, and reproduce across social media. We'll return to the interview in just a moment. Rome Fitness offers your travelers a destination to work out so they can feel happy, healthy, and productive. And you know what? That's what travelers want in this new year. They're making resolutions to be happier, healthier, and to be more productive. Expand your wellness program by adding Rome Fitness to your airport. For more information, email info at romefitness.com today. And now, back to the interview. So just as an aside, I must subconsciously really like Philly at the, both the airport and the city because I have on this podcast you are the third person from Philadelphia International Airport that I've interviewed uh interviewed Shelly Shelly Cameron um Jenny Lee and, and now yourself um and uh over a year ago not this past summer the summer prior you know we took a family vacation that started in Philadelphia and it was probably the best stop out of several that we had and Look, it, it, it feels more like Philly now. I've been to Philly before a lot of the changes and obviously now as they're coming online and you're right, you can feel, and it's not just let's get Geno's and Bud Maryland's in. There's just, I guess there's just a, 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 a greater feel. I, I really can't speak to how um, tangible it is, but I just feel it, I guess. And you must too. I do. And part of exactly like what you're describing, um, you know, having just kind of these, small moments with Philadelphia throughout my life, I didn't understand the Philly vibe, the really yes. the big intensity of it until I moved here for this job. And so I've had the privilege of not only getting to know the city at the same time, but also seeing how that is translated into the terminals and mm -hmm. seeing how accurately that's translated. And you're, you're right. It's not about the kind of big flashy moments or just putting in the restaurants, but it's about the little moments and details throughout the terminals. So an example of that is our art program. Mm -hmm. um, every artist that exhibits in our airport is carefully curated by uh, Leah Douglas, our director of guest experience. And she thinks about how that translates onto every wall, every roof tile. I mean, she is um, literally inviting artists to um, decorate every single part of this airport. And so um, some of those details are subconscious, but some of them are really very thoughtfully curated. So let me go back. Um, you said that you, you part of your uh, most recent past, you were in the healthcare industry. And I want to tie that into, there's obviously a greater focus on health, not just in the foods, but also in the services like gyms and spas, et cetera. You know, I'd love for you to talk about your experiences from that health industry. And obviously now you're seeing the continued rise of, of a gym, uh, you know, in, in something like an airport, in a non-traditional environment like an airport. So healthcare is one of the industries going through the most disruption that I can think of. Um, and I had to, I, I was able to live that kind of firsthand in the six years that I worked in the healthcare industry. So, um, you know, come from a healthcare family, mom is a nurse, 
and understood how the industry works before. But once I was in it, I started to understand really how kind of cutthroat the business is. And so um, in, a, in a complimentary way, to, to make that a little more positive, I do think that because it, um, there's such a focus on how do we serve our customers better in order to make more money, um, the industry has recognized the fact that preventative medicine and wellness are really kind of the key to um, managing costs and to keeping our um, patients healthy. So in, in watching that firsthand, I started to see the rise of outpatient clinics, of minute clinics, yes. and the thought that millennials don't consume healthcare the way that the boomers did. And so they're really more about that, you know, point of care, like, you know, I'm injured now, that's all I really need, I'm really healthy otherwise, you know, I'm taking care of myself, I'm eating organic, I'm exercising regularly, mm -hmm. and so our, our consumers have changed. And similarly, in the airport industry, we relied on this, you know, traveler, um, these tra traveler paradigms really in the past that um, told us how to serve our, pa our passengers better. But now our passengers are changing. Yes. And so they are demanding things that are more health um, and wellness focused. And at Philadelphia International Airport, we have really risen to that occasion. So a couple examples of how we're doing that are um, we're really trying to promote the fact that we have a lot of wellness options here in the airport. So we do that on um, Shelly's podcast, which is called mm -hmm. Taking Off with Shelly Cameron. Um, and, and on that podcast, especially for this month, actually, we have an episode coming out with Director of Marketing and Branding, Kate Sullivan, and our um, concession vendor, um, Marketplace PHL, their marketing manager, Megan O'Connell. So in that episode, they talk a lot about our walking trail, which is mm -hmm. um, if you take the furthest gate in Terminal A West and you walk it all the way to Terminal F, you will walk about 1.5 miles. I have done um, that walk. Do that. <laughs> actually, Good. actually, Jim and I have done that walk. <laughs> Love it. Um, and you can actually increase the walk past 1.5 miles to nearly four miles if you actually do every single um, terminal and the hammerheads. So um, if you have a long layover, you've got a great opportunity to, to take advantage of that. Um, or if you actually follow the recommendations of the TSA and arrive two hours early for domestic, three hours early for international. Um, one third of our flights here at PHL are connecting flights. So that means we've got a lot of people who are doing those connecting flights and we hope that they take advantage of these amenities. Um, in addition to the, um, what we call our walking trail, we also offer um, a new Artport Lounge and the Artport Lounge is located in Terminal F. Um, the lounge is really more about helping give you a, state, a sense and a place for um, quiet. And so that's in a place where you can also play cornhole and, you know, just uh, sit down and relax. Uh, we've got a lot of different amenities in there, a sticker wall and um, some fun kind of kid-related things. Um, our Be Relaxed Spa just opened its first location with their updated branding. So they've got this beautiful kind of Parisian look to um, a Parisian influence to mm. their um, spa. They also offer massages. So, again, heading back to this whole wellness topic, um, wellness goes back to everything from having a clean state of mind to a um, relaxed body. Um, we also have a quiet room where you can do yoga. And, um, you know, I've taken advantage of that myself because it's a, it's a very small space, about 150 square feet, but it's, it's a space that was actually carved out specifically for the purpose of getting away from the hustle and bustle of the terminals. So all of those things are kind of more of the physical um, health and wellness side, but we also are focused on how you can eat healthier yes. in the airport. So we have a number of um, plant-based um, menus and um, eating options. Uh, we have vegan, we have gluten-free. And so we're really trying to surface our health eat, healthy eating opportunities for our passengers um, through things like our Grab app, which allows passengers to look up menu items in advance, order them in advance, and then just pick them up directly 
from the um, restaurant. We also have um, a really robust website directory um, that you can search by menu item, by type of eating, that allows you to really refine the type of food that you get here at the airport. You know, we really love that people love Philadelphia food like pretzels and cheesesteaks, but we want to make sure they understand that they can get, you know, healthy eating um, pretty easily. So that can include everything from, you know, a, a breadless cheesesteak, which is uh, wrapped in lettuce, to, um, you know, taking a burrito bowl, removing the wrapper, and then that just makes it healthier instantly. Um, and those offerings are at places like Chipotle and Geno's. So it's it's really accessible. Every terminal has healthy eating options, and we're really proud of that fact. So definitely, it's easy to say wellness is a key part in a lot of programs, right? That's from your opinion, obviously. It is. It's it's now a focus. You know, it it's, should it's be. Something it should we, be, I guess, yeah. in in others. That guides our decision making here. Absolutely. Because um, there was a, there was a, I referenced a study now, I forgot the source, but there was a study that done that in about five years, well now it's, yeah, 2025, um, two thirds of all of the traveling public will be millennial slash Gen Z. And if this is a focus of theirs, obviously it is, uh, in terms of like um, being able to work out, stay fit, eat healthy, et cetera, you guys are definitely primed, as other airports are, you know, primed to really cater to that audience. We do believe that every decision about what is um, created here, what's installed, every project that's initiated needs to have um, a wellness component to it as well as sustainability. So I can definitely say sitting in on the meetings um, with the operator here, we are very much making that a focus. Excellent. So I got a couple more questions for you. Um, The next being, you mentioned uh, all the wonderful things that are going on right now at the airport and how it feels distinctly Philadelphia, right? It, and it's not just mm-hmm. what's in the uh, concessions program or you know, the art program. There's just a feel to it. Again, it's not tangible. But um, how do you as a communications person kind of um, identify that and I guess help continue to develop not just the personality where someone goes, again, it's beyond Twitter, Facebook, whatever else that, that um, social handles that Philadelphia has, but to create almost like a personality to the airport because airport Twitter actually is a thing and you should check it out folks. Um, but yeah, how do you continue to create the identity through communications? I was really fortunate to be hired at the exact same time, like literally within two weeks of our director of marketing and branding, Kate Sullivan. And that was obviously a deliberate um, ordering of things. We were hired um, simultaneously because our leadership believes that we needed to focus on um, building out the identity of the airport from the ground up. And that's not to say that the airport didn't have its own distinct and unique personality before we came along, but it has never really been articulated in a way that was strategic and also involved all of our stakeholders. Um, You know, we are, as I mentioned, a department of the city of Philadelphia. So we often kind of took on the city mindset and um, we didn't, I think we didn't step into the idea of being bigger and better than we actually are. So um, the leadership lives that way already. The organization lives that way internally already. We just weren't communicating and um, sharing it outwardly the way that we feel it internally. And so um, with this opportunity to build um, a identity from the ground up, um, I've been working hand in hand with Kate on just understanding all the really um, complex stakeholder ecosystem um, (laughs) details that come with working at an airport. And Kate is actually very fortunate to sit on the board of our um, City of Philadelphia Global Identity Project, which is also helping to articulate who we are as a city to the world, um, looking globally at Philadelphia and how we communicate that. Obviously, the airport is a really key member of that team. 
So um, I would say that that is still a work in progress. Um, she and I have been on the job for 10 months now. We're still learning the aviation industry. We're still learning who we are as a city. But I'm so excited to watch this grow and to be part of that process and to help guide it. Um, I happen to lead the public affairs team, which we are transitioning to become a communications team. And so what that means is when we look at um, how we message to the world, we have to first think about how diverse our stakeholders are. Mm -hmm. um, so if you think about it, just to go through, run through some numbers, um, I like to say that we have 88,000 stories happening at this airport every single day. That's our average passenger mm -hmm. volume per day. And we think about the fact that each of those 88,000 passengers has a phone, tells a story, talks to their families, shares their stories on social media. There's an opportunity there. What it is, we haven't figured it out. It's not something we are prepared to harness, but it is a stat that's really important to keep in mind. Additionally, we have about 32,000 social media engagements per month. That's a, a, actually a pretty uh, conservative estimate. That's just based on the month of December from what I pulled before I came on this interview. So that includes wow. um, you know, Twitter mentions, everything from um, tagging us directly to mentioning the Philly airport. Um, it's everything from Facebook check-ins to Instagram stories to Instagram posts. And so just that alone totals up to over 32,000 per month. Um, additionally, we have 21,000 employees here at the airport. And so when I look at my team, there are 10 of us. And the fact that some people might say that we're actually a large team, I would actually argue that we are just barely scratching the surface of what we need to do to serve all of those stakeholders. To give you an idea of how diverse our stakeholder ecosystem is, um, we do on a regular basis work not only with our government partners in the city, county, state, and federal communities, we work with our airlines, we work with yeah. our terminal concessionaires, our cargo carriers, our contractors, ground transportation operators, uh, the business community. And so with all of those diverse stakeholders, plus all of these um, clients really that we have to serve, we really have to think about how we spend our energy, how we um, unify that narrative, how do we bring all of these um, stories together and bring them into a single voice. And so that is what um, work we're focusing on within the public affairs and community communications department. And it's just a really exciting time to work here. Um, we're just really trying to expand the scope of who we are and how we communicate. Yeah, it's not, um, and you mentioned all the diverse stakeholders there. I mean, it's not it's not the world of silos anymore, right? Where concessions does their thing and ops does their thing, et cetera. Um, because it, it's, you're, uh, you're an ecosystem. You're uh, this complex organism. And I think that's, and I think it's kind of, I, I, that's what I'd like to point back to in terms of like when you came on board and saw like, wow, this is um, far more complicated than I thought, <laughs> right? Because um, mm -hmm. that's what I usually get from, from the quote unquote newbies in the space. Yeah. Yep. Um, the way I describe it to my friends, you know, just when I'm home sitting with a glass of wine and talking to my friends about my job and they're like, yeah, you know, like communications <laughs> is just like, you know, doing media interviews. <laughs> right I just kind of like take a sip and shake my head in silence because I'm like I cannot even begin to explain to you how Byzantine this universe is yeah. everything about my day-to-day -day job is really about stakeholder management not so much the words and so we'll get there eventually we are on our way to for example um, launching an online newsroom so that our team can um, consolidate all of our efforts into one location on the website um, even just something as simple as that takes a really long time to get to because I'm taking so much time to really understand our relationships and how we navigate those relationships. Uh, Flo, my last question for you, 
really would love for you to talk about your involvement in the industry because I know you attended Marcom, ACI's Marcom um, was a couple months ago now. You got to come to wonderful warm Miami out of the Philly cold. <laughs> and um, just wanted you to talk about how you're seeing um, yourself getting more involved in the industry, obviously, as you travel and seeing um, and connecting with other your peers, but also just borrowing ideas. And uh, would love for you to also share what you look forward to um, in the future. I feel so welcome to the aviation industry, just to start off with that. Um, going to ACI was eye-opening in the sense that not only did I get to meet my peers across airports, but I also was um, welcomed with open arms by the people who have helped to kind of pioneer the Marcoms world. Um, one of the exciting things that came out of our conference this year was that ACI renamed that particular part of the council to Marcoms GX, I believe, or Marcoms CX. Yeah. And in doing so, it really expands the scope of what we look at as a um, as a sect of the larger aviation industry. What I really look forward to doing is continuing to get to know my peers across airports. Um, and I do want to give a couple shout outs because some folks have already done such a great job of um, even supplying information to me to help guide our strategy here at PHL. Um, Miami has done a wonderful job of reaching out. Um, we've shared resources during a recent protest with Unite Here. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we were having simultaneous um, protests across the country um, at American Airlines hubs. And when that happened, we really kind of came together and shared best practices. For example, I shared my communications cascade document with them. And really, it was the purpose of, of doing this was to say, you know what, why replicate work? Why keep doing the same over and over? Sure. We share these resources and collaborate and help each other. I also want to give a big shout out to Tampa. Um, I had a lot of questions about how they do their online newsroom and their staff was so kind about opening up their um, behind the scenes look to me. So um, they use a platform called Press Page. It was something that I was looking into as well. Um, we are going to be going with a proprietary tool built in house. But the point of that is really, they showed me kind of the inner workings of how their workflows in creating content work um, and then how they automate that process into social media and their other channels. So extremely helpful there. And also another great shout out to Pittsburgh. Um, they yeah. have what I consider to be one of the best online newsrooms in our industry. Um, and they just reached out to us for an article they're writing on our wellness social media. So they were kind enough to look at our social account. They no noticed that we were doing a lot of wellness content in the month of January with the theme being New Year, New You. And they reached out for an article that they're going to be writing. And so this collaboration is, is meaningful because you know, we can become very siloed because we are located so far from each other. But the beautiful thing about the aviation industry is that we're not competing with each other directly. You know, um, I'm not competing with Pittsburgh for <laughs> six hours away. I'm not competing with Tampa or Miami. Mm -hmm. And so we, we have the ability to just kind of lay down our swords and, and be collaborators. So that's what I find really unique about this world and um, really blessed to be in it. Um, in terms of what I'm looking forward to in the future, this is both professionally and personally. Um, because I'm new to Philadelphia, I am looking forward to just getting to know people here more. Um, I live in the Germantown neighborhood of the city. It's in Northwest mm -hmm. Philly. And so I'm really getting to know my neighborhood. Um, and there are actually three areas of my professional development er um, world that I want to grow back into here in Philly now that I've moved here. The first is veteran advocacy. So um, I'm an army wife, shout out mm -hmm. to the Pennsylvania National Guard. And um, I've been working in veteran advocacy for about six years now, and I'm really looking forward to finding a new home here for that work. Oh, um, everything from military spouse advocacy to actual veteran advocacy. I used to work on a health council for this. And so I want to look for places that I can spend my time and volunteer. Um, we have an amazing USO here at PHL. Yes. Many consider it to be the best in the country. And so I, I do plan to volunteer my hours there. 
Um, I also want to look into mentorship for women. That was a council that I also sat on in my previous role. And I love the idea that um, I can share my experiences with people who are coming up through the ranks, um, struggling with a lot of the same things that I did, and maybe help someone kind of avoid the pitfalls that I had to go through. Um, I'm still technically a millennial. I'm on the older side of the millennial um, demographic. <laughs> But I, I do believe that there are a lot of shared experiences there that I want to make sure I can help others with. Um, and then the third part, and one that you and I both identify with, is um, finding a place where I can connect with Asian American leaders. Um, again, we have a shared experience that is very unique to being, in my case, first generation. Um, and, you know, finding a home for that and, and connecting with each other on those shared experiences will be really important. So veteran advocacy, mentorship for women, and Asian American leadership are kind of my three key um, pieces that I'd like to focus on for the upcoming year. Wow. Well, <laughs> any way I can help you in furthering your, uh, you know, your investment, any of those, uh, just say so. I know I listened to, to Shelly's um, podcast and she had someone from the USO. He's one of her earlier episodes on there. Um, so I know, and I think Shelly's army, right? Shelly actually graduated um, from Air Force ROTC and oh, Air, Force. As Air Force officer. Oh, okay. She has, um, okay. She has an, an amazing story and background. Um, she likes to tell the story that the reason she ended up with it, the Air Force is because she actually received scholarships for the Navy, the Army, and the Air Force. And so her mom looked at her and said, well, Shelly, you don't look it in green, so I guess you're joining the Air Force. <laughs> I got to ask her that. <laughs> yeah, she loves that. No, excellent. Well, Flo, this has been great. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. And I know we're going to connect, continue to connect more, especially on a lot of the topics that you're covering. Because again, I'm, I'm, I love uh, getting folks that are new, relatively new to the space and kind of watching them grow and, and get really ingrained into the, um, into the airport industry family. So um, once again, thanks for taking the time to speak with me. And, and thank you, Ramon, for your mentorship. I, I find that um, connecting with you has really helped me understand the aviation industry better. And by the way, I'm a huge fan of the podcast. So thank you for inviting me to be here. <laughs> thank you so much, Flo. Take care. Thank you so much for having me on the pod, Ramon. I really appreciate it.